Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to this week's Theology Segment. And Jim writes in today and he asks us, In the new year, I want to make resolutions that will help me to grow in the grace of God, but I'm not sure how to do so. Well, Jim, you ask a great question and it's one that every year people are asking. How do I make resolutions? How do I make goals? How do I be focused? How do I be disciplined in this new year And how do I accomplish these things that I want to set out to do to grow in the grace of God? I can think of no better example of a man who, at the age of 19, he made resolutions, many, many resolutions that would guide his life. And that man's name is Jonathan Edwards. These resolutions would guide and and shape his life. Now, New Year's is a time when many people are making new goals. At the top of that list for many people is to go to the gym. But, you know, by the time February or so rolls in, uh, what happens? Um, they've stopped, or maybe March or April, they've, they've stopped. They lack the motivation. They lack the vision to keep pressing on towards their goals. This is why we need to keep evaluating our goals. What is the motivation behind it? Well, I mean, for many people, that is to just to lose weight. But to lose weight isn't just the goal. You have to begin to uh, formulate a plan. What are you going to eat that's different? Um, you know, they say that it takes about 30 days for a new habit to be formed. You know, one thing that I know in my own life is um, to make new goals, it requires a Accountability. That's something that we're going to talk about here um, in just a minute. But you need to have a bigger goal than just losing weight. Um, just as one example that people are going to go to the gym. They're going to, you know, maybe make it through January and maybe February, and then it's going to become drudgery. We need to see goals in a different way. We need to begin to see them. We do first understand why we make goals. We need to have the proper motivation. You know, when an athlete, for example, uh, growing up, I, I was an athlete. Um, I played, I played all sorts of sports and I had a goal. I wanted to get better, but I was motivated. What kept me going was the motivation, um, the enjoyment of it, the fact that I delighted in playing that sport. And the same thing is infinitely true in our walk with the Lord. We need to understand that behind the goals that we set for our spiritual growth in Christ, that those are of infinite, infinitely more importance than anything else. And the reason that we desire to grow in grace is because we're delighting in God. So we don't just make spiritual goals or resolutions. We don't just discipline ourselves for the sake of discipline. As we're going to see here in just a minute, uh, we discipline ourselves for the sake of godliness. We discipline ourselves because of the grace of God. In 1 Timothy 4, 6-8, Paul says this to his young prodigy, Timothy. He says, if you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrines that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For all bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, 
as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. You see, godliness, Paul says, is a value in every, every way. This is something that Jonathan Edwards understood very well. He understood that, you know, um, we need, we need the grace of God. We need to understand that to delight in God is of chief and paramount concern for the Christian. It's there that we can begin to understand why we discipline ourselves, as Paul says, to train ourselves for godliness. That is to grow to be like Christ. Paul says that we are to train ourselves as Christians for godliness. You see, this is the heart, the goal of making resolutions. So I offer this list as we wrap up this episode, not as the be-all, end-all, but uh, for you, I offer this list, uh, the following list, brief list, for your consideration that focuses on your walk with God on taking care of yourself in this new year because you see we might just we might go to the gym and we might quit uh that but the same holds true often for our spiritual life we might begin to read our bibles we might begin to attend church and then we might drop that off but see we need to understand the why behind these things it's because god has given us a new heart with new desires and new affections if you are a christian that is true of you because you have placed your faith in the lord jesus christ you have repented of your sin and turned to christ alone for salvation and god has made you alive together with christ and you are a new creation paul says in second corinthians 5 you are a new creation in Christ. You are in Christ. You have union with Christ. So to that end, we should commit to these things. I put these things in no particular order of importance. They are all very important uh, for the Christian, for faithful Christian living before the face of God. And the first of them is this. Faithful church attendance. As Christians, we are not to do life apart from the local church. There is no Christian life apart from the local church. You know, this is why uh, Paul over 50 times uses the language of one anothering each other. And that only makes sense if we're doing the Christian life together in the local church with one another. Lots more could be said on each of these points. But the second one is regular reading of the word of God. And this really gets to the heart of this discussion. You know, we might begin to read, you know, Leviticus or one of those books, uh, even the books of history, First Samuel, Second Samuel, Second Chronicles, or First Chronicles, etc., and so on. And I might think, well, what does this have to do with the whole Word of God? Well, every part of the Word of God is there. 66 books that God has given to us. And all of it is inspired. It's inerrant. It's sufficient. It's authoritative. It's And it's clear. It's given to us by God uh, so that we would read the Word of God and that we might grow in the grace of God. So we need to understand, again, to delight in God is to delight in His Word, to eat of his word to um, to grow in knowledge of God we have to begin at the word of God you know all of these things are you know for example faithful church attendance how does that help us helps us to sit under the faithful preaching biblical preaching of the word of God you know if the pastor doesn't open the text 
uh, open his Bible and preach from the Bible. And you can tell a difference when a p- pastor goes off from, uh, and, and wants to preach his own message instead of what the text says. You can tell. Uh, people can tell. That's why we need to be in churches that open the Word of God. The Word of God is opened. The Word of God is taught from. And, you know, and we're pointed to what the text says, taught what the text says, and pointed to the Lord Jesus. And so this applies even to the corporate life of the church. The church is to, uh, on the Lord's day, they are to open the word of God. Uh, the, the public reading of scripture is absolutely essential uh, during worship and as in particular, also during um, the, the sermon. So the third point, uh, just to keep this nice and brief, the third point is keeping short accounts before God and men. In his 95 thesis, the first point Luther says is that the Christian life is a life of repentance. And, and that means that yes, we repent of our sins and place our faith in the Lord Jesus, but we never graduate from repentance. That's what that's what Luther is talking about. We never graduate from our need for repenting of our sin and confessing it to God first. Um, and First John one nine says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of of our of our sin and and to cleanse us in His righteousness." See, this is why we need to keep short to get, short accounts before God and men because we have great. As Charles Spurgeon said, we have a great need of Christ and a great Christ for our need. And, and not only that, but it, by keeping short accounts with, um, with God and men, in particular with God, we are having our minds, as Paul says, renewed by the word. We're seeking to apply the word to our lives, um, in relationship to God and, and also by extension as the fruit of this, um, in relationship with, with others in our local churches and in particular in our marriages. Let's say that you have a marriage or having a marriage problem and, you know, uh, you're, uh, you're the man and, and you aren't forgiving your wife for, she offended you and said something to you. Um, this is just by one example. By keeping short accounts uh, before God and men, we as men will go to our wives and ask for forgiveness. We will repent of our sin before God and then we will go to our wives and say, um, sweetheart, I am so sorry for the, for the word choice, for the word, particular words or things that I have said. Um, and obviously you want to be specific there. Your wife wants you to be specific, men, about this and tell them, look, I'm, I'm so sorry that I said this. Um, will you please forgive me for what I said and, and, and tell them what you said. Um, and that by the grace of God, you are going to commit to, um, to not using that kind of language anymore. And, and then go and study what the scripture has to say about the way that you use language, um, towards others. The, the scriptures are full of these, these kinds of things about what, how we're supposed to speak. Okay. So number four, seek out regular and diligent accountability from another member of the opposite sex in your local church. This is absolutely critical. You know, we might make a dozen resolutions and more, uh, and that's great, you know, um, to to grow in the grace of God. Um, but what we need to have is we need to have friends to help us in these things, you know. I, I said earlier that, you know, we might, uh, we might, uh, you know, go to the gym or, or some of those things, but we might slack off and we might, you know, not, um, end up, uh, accomplishing those, those resolutions, those goals that we have. Um, and this is why we need help. We need help. 
We need one another. This is why over 50 times in the New Testament, we're told to one another each other. Um, and part of that is seeking out regular and diligent accountability. Help, because I need you and you need me. That's what these one another passages are saying. And above all, we need the grace of God. And God has given us to one another and placed us in this community, the church, the local church, um, so that we might grow. All right. Well, there's a lot more that could be said about that particular point for sure. But the last point that I have is reading godly books to help us grow in grace. Now, for for some of you, you might not read a hundred and something plus books like me a year. And you know what? That's okay. And that can be daunting. You know, well, I'm not going to read a hundred books a year, Dave. I'm maybe going to read 10 books a year. Let me just say, begin there. Maybe you'll only read five books a year. Um, find five great books. You know, there's, uh, every year Crossway consistently puts out, um, excellent, excellent books. If I had to commend some, uh, a particular series or a couple series that Crossway puts out, I would, I would point you to, honestly, um, the theologians of the Christian life. Life series. Um, there's more than five bucks in that series, and you can work through that very slowly. It'll be incur- incredibly encouraging to you. It will help you to grow in your understanding of um, of how people have handled the Word of God and engaged in the task of theology. Um, another t- specific series that they have um, that I love is the Short Studies in Biblical Theology. Um, I just really think so much of that. And they have more than five volumes in that series, but you can work through those slowly. You can read the scriptures. You can follow along um, what the what the authors are saying in each of those volumes, and you'll come away enriched uh, by that study, by that reading of the those books and those series. I I have um, myself been enriched and helped by them. Well, um, our time is running out today uh, for this episode, and there's a lot that more that could be said about New, new Year's and new resolutions. But in Lamentations, we're told that the mercies of God are new every morning. And not only are they new every morning, they're new every moment of every day. And this is why, this is why Charles Spurgeon is right. I have a great need of Christ. I have a great Christ for my need. You and I this year need to resolve. We need to commit to not only growing in the grace of God, but in committing to our local churches, to growing there, uh, to finding people that will hold us accountable, That um, so we're not just growing in our knowledge, head knowledge, but also in our appreciation of the grace of God in its totality. Um, then, and we do that by, by growing together with God's people in the local church. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.